15 bucks, little man. Put that shit in my hand. If that money doesn't show, then you owe me, owe me, oh. My jungle love, yeah. Oh, we, oh, we, oh. I think I wanna know. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Local Earshot Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Biggs. I'm with Jonathan Grissom this morning with More Bands Media. How you doing today? I'm good, man. All right. Got a, I wouldn't say it's a spotlight guest or anything. We're just having a third third voice in with us today. Just going to catch everybody up on some current events, see what all's going around in the city, and, uh, you know, catch everybody up. It's, uh, uh, I guess, not the biggest problem in the world to have an issue scheduling musical guests because they're getting gigs and they're working, so that's a good thing. However, it is a little frustrating and playing the scheduling gymnastics, but we'll work with it. Um, we got Brian Wofford in with us today. How you doing, Hello. man? You've become quite the uh, quite the repeat guest. Yeah, I, I guess I give you all that layman uh, perspective. You know, I think <laughs> I like music, but I don't know how in depth my uh, interpretation. Well, hey, hey, goes. that that works for us because I'm sure there's a lot of uh, guests out there or fans. Or I wouldn't say fans. People in the city that catch us by accident and listen to an episode here and there that might not. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it, that sounds a lot better through my. I had a my oh yeah, that, yeah. I, I, I had too much. Uh, yeah, I had too much. Uh, I think bass in it, so I just hit a button and brought you down a little bit. That pod is fucking awesome. Shout out to Zoom, man. They make some great shit. <laughs> it's but, a good product, hey, man. Yeah, I mean Zoom, Digitech, and Roland. You really can't go wrong. And Behringer, Behringer's got some good stuff. They're a little less user friendly in my experience, but yeah, uh, I, I, I was like looking at the one piece of hardware. It was like a pocket. Uh, pocket recorder. It's like by Tom or uh, Tomcast. Or is those little four, ca- four, yeah, four it, channels? It's, it's, yeah, it's pretty yeah, yeah. cool looking. Like it, it's just, just a little bitty thing you could put in your pocket, and you could just pull it out, and just hook up equipment, to start recording. Boom. Yeah. Well, that's cool with that that smaller one we got too. We we uh, would like to do some on location stuff. Do we had a little test run with the Perseus gig, and uh, now that we're a little further along and know a little more, a little better, I'd like to try that again. At, maybe one of these joints blue note or whatever and see if we can set something up like that that'd be really cool well especially with the uh the feature on this thing that can do the normalization and stuff yeah and an event like that it will it will bring everybody's voice to the right yeah, level cut out a lot of the a lot of that background bottles noise. clinking and pool tables playing <laughs> <laughs> well um i've actually purposely avoided talking about the recent deaths in in music because uh I've actually dealt with two back-to-back deaths in my family. It's kind of the last thing I've wanted to talk about for a while. So I'll just talk about the ones more most recent. I know there's been several, so don't kill me if I don't mention somebody else. But uh, Joey Jordison, formerly a Slipknot, passed away at 46, very, very young. And um, Dusty Hill from ZZ Top, the bassist was ZZ Top, passed away, uh, I guess, suddenly. It seemed like they were gearing up for some shows. And uh, <clears throat> the band's carrying on with his blessing, so I guess we're going to see him see him in September and prior, I believe. What do you guys think? I mean, it's it always sucks to have anybody die, especially at younger ages. But then when it's you know it's it's a part of your life, it's part of your upbringing, your childhood. Yeah. You think ZZ Top, right? Like I immediately think of riding around the car with my mom flaring out to ZZ Top and ACDC and Metallica and, and all that. So I, I would say bands like that, like Slipknot is maybe on their second generation of fans. So yeah. um, in that, Joey Jordison left, the band kind of became this 
I wouldn't say a different band, but it changed. I mean, that's what bands do. They evolve, they change players, whatever. It does change the sound. But, um, yeah, the the band Slipknot came around in 1999, and I was just getting into high school when that album dropped, and it was the... That changed the scene man i remember when that album came out and it just oh it's uh it's one of my uh one of my fun little joys at the bar that whenever somebody's playing a bunch of like fucking stupid ass pop music that i don't like and shit throw some weight and bleed I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll get on there and i'll be like i'm like oh hmm let's play if you're five 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 i'm six six six, six. and then i'll hit a button and, and oh, it'll start yeah. playing and the people in the bars are just like what the fuck is this like that first but, one in Iowa. Iowa is a very, very dark album. All these Slipknot fans are always like, man, the new album's all right, man, but it's not like Iowa. And it's like, okay, you can't maintain and keep that kind of energy up because it will kill you. That album is super dark. Well, and it, it <laughs> kind of loses its its impact, right? Eventually, like, yeah. It's like Fozzie Osbourne bit the head off of bat every show. Like, eh. would it be exciting when you saw it? And, and like, ah, he's doing the thing again. And that legend wouldn't grow, you know. Right. Like, like image cast quite a longer shadow than reality in a lot of oh, cases. Oh, for sure. You know. So. Uh, we were talking the other day, and uh, there was a quote that I stole that I use all the time. I don't even remember where I got it from, but it's uh, the greatest liar is memory, right? Or memory is the greatest liar. Yeah. It's yeah. like because you remember this thing. And you kind of embellish it over time, you because it it has this great impact on you. So you think this is this big thing. So as you tell the story, it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. Like the hill that you used to play on when it snowed, right? The snow hill that you slid down and sled it on. It's like this is ten miles high. And then you go there and like it's you're standing at the bottom of it and see over the top. And you're like, okay, maybe I was just five, you know? Yeah. Well, and and. Uh, you know, that's kind of, it goes the other way too. You know, if you've done something that's uh, like a seriously embarrassing fuck up, a lot of times you'll knock that down. Diminish like, it. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it wasn't as bad as it was. It was terrible at the time. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, getting back on the on the music train here, Dusty Hill with uh, ZZ Top. Now, ZZ Top is a band that has probably five generations of fans behind them. They've been around since the early 70s, I think. And and Billy Gibbons have been playing in bands even in the late 60s. So, um, man, talk about a fan base. That I was, uh, Holy I was shit. at a, um, a, a TDY uh, for Germany to... Um, Arkansas, and it we did. I didn't even know that there was an event going on or anything. But uh, the um, the River Fest, it was a it was a festival that they do in, in so Little Rock, Little Rock, Arkansas. Little Rock, okay. Yeah, they do it. They do it every year. It's called River River Fest. It's on it's on one of the I, I think it's the Arkansas River or whatever river goes through Little Rock. Um, and uh, and I go there and I'm like, well. I mean, it's just the normal festival. It's like a yearly thing. It's probably no big names on this thing, you know. And then I then I walked over to the stage, and I saw these, you know, old men, beards down and everything like that. I was like, wait, is that ZZ Top? <laughs> and everybody's like, oh yeah, yeah, they're the headliners for the for this uh, this year. And I'm like, holy shit, I'm I'm watching ZZ Top, you know. And so I was I was excited. I was like, oh my god, it's badass. And I mean, I I swear, like. I swear that these guys have to be aliens. Like I'm pretty sure he just went home. He didn't. He didn't die. He just went home because, because <laughs> I don't know how they had that much energy and that much enjoy. Like 
they definitely do what they're loving because like when you see them on stage and everything they have so much energy and they're just rocking out see that's what i always think when i see angus young up there oh, like, yeah. i'm like i don't know i'm 38 he's almost twice my age how does he have that energy you know well and it's it's like um with with the band like as they get older if they can keep the sound together you'll see those guys kind of start to just stand more in place just to keep the thing together which is i mean honestly that's what you go to a concert for however there's just those rare guys that can keep the sound together and still jump around like they're a fucking teenager and uh yeah uh, zz top i mean i wouldn't say they're like high energy like angus young but they definitely do the the choreograph little walks okay. they do and they go to this and, oh, yeah. and it, it, i got to see him one time and uh it was just it was so cool to see uh, a three-piece get up there three three guys and just be one of the loudest bands of the day and uh ever since then i've, I've always been a fan of the three-piece bands shout out to them evils out in california but uh and and i was i always enjoyed zz top and uh he'll be he'll definitely be missed but I think it's really cool that they're carrying on and I mean eventually you get to an age of I guess you have this talk with people close to you because I mean me and my wife have this talk now as like what happens if hey right so if if they've already had that in the works and the he had the blessing to move forward then I'd say you know more power to him I hope I hope they can keep it going as long as they long as they can physically do it now most musicians especially blues musicians kind of have that resolve anyways I'm going to play until I die. <clears throat> and a lot of them do. <laughs> well, you get that kind of feeling from blues anyways. That's the old wise man passing down his wisdom, right? Like, yeah. So that's kind of the vibe of the whole genre of music yeah, with blues. For sure. And and just and a lot of it and a lot of it comes from, well, it came from the fields. It came from slavery. And then it evolved into the blues. Then the blues became rock and roll. And, and you know, then the white guys marketed it and it became successful you know it's kind of how it always goes yeah, it starts as therapy a yeah. way to just deal with the absolute hell you're having to live through and, and then white people market it that's yeah that's how it goes look at everything <laughs> i mean shout out um, to elvis presley nashville tennessee right <laughs> recycle chuck berry licks i wonder how that happened um I forgot where we were going with that. It's my just, bad. No, it's funny. It's 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 something, and it's it's true, and it's like the big white elephant. <laughs> funny. Well, we were in basically the room. we were talking about the uh, artist staying playing until yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like the blues. It, there's a there's like you said. There's a wisdom to it, and it's always there's young guys that play blues. Uh, Johnny Lang, Kenny Wayne Shepherd, uh, Kingfish. Um, out in Mississippi, he's a younger guy. He check him out too. Um, but when you hear a blues song from an old black dude in, taking you to church, and like they just have that voice, I don't know. There's just something about it, and um, I can. It's hugely influential. And honestly, at the end of the day, I think everything is still just rock and roll. At the end of the day, there's only twelve chords, twelve notes. You can only do so much with it. So what are we gonna play today? You know? Yeah, oh, for sure. <laughs> Got a few things <clears throat> this week too that happened, man. And I just seen this this morning, uh, and I had to wear my GNR shirt to to represent there. GNR put out a new one. It is certainly new. It is not what you would expect if you are 
one of the guys that says, well, you know, GNR's all right, but they're nothing like Appetite for Destruction days. That's because that was 34 years ago. Um, <laughs> if you can believe yeah, I was, that. I was actually uh, looking online on their album list on Spotify, and I didn't even realize that they hadn't created a new album until 2008 yeah. from, like, the 80s. And they were well, making 90, several albums in the 80s and the early 90s. And then there was, yeah, yeah. And, then, and then it was just nothing for kind of like tool albums you know every 10 years so well the the well tool at least stayed together uh, it's true uh, everybody left the band and i was in like sixth grade i think and i remember reading that slash left guns and roses and i hadn't started playing guitar at that point but i was seriously into gnr because they always played their appetite for destruction album when we were getting ready for football but when everybody left, he tried to piece this thing back together in like the early 2000s and it didn't really yeah, jive. 08, and 08 then, I guess, that they needed. Uh, yeah, some were saying some of the, uh, the get together stuff was, uh, was, uh, was the guy on this one video that I was watching on YouTube. It said that the, the, the pianoist guy or the, I guess, keyboardist. Yeah, Dizzy he, Reed. Dizzy uh, yeah, or, well, yeah. And uh, he said. One of them said that it was like uh, Paul or something, but he said it was a money grab, like that. And he, so he left the he left the band at one point. That he said the whole tour was a money grab for old music, which in the time frame of this this particular thing, it was about '08, mm-hmm. and they put out a greatest hit album, and they were playing their greatest hits tour. So it's like, is it a money grab or are they just playing their old hits? You know? Well, and I think Axl Rose was serious about trying to move on with. A- another band but when you have a band like guns and roses that has the best-selling debut album in history it's like you're cemented with that those players like you you know once something becomes that big it's you're just not gonna reform it as what that was i always thought he'd come back and rename the band something else and like gnr is slash duff axel all those guys but after that album dropped, it didn't do real well. And then it's like, uh, okay, what next? And then Slash had his thing, which is awesome. I like his albums that he does. He did one with like all these different singers and different players. And now he's got like his own little band, which he does. Very, very good band. The dude's got to be the busiest motherfucker. Like, does he, I don't even know. Does he have a home? Because he's like, well, if he's can... not on the road with GNR, he goes on the road by himself. I Isn't imagine it? that's what it's, I always thought that about Zach Wilde. Oh God. Yeah, I do too. I mean, Jesus Christ. You could look at the uh, the video that's on that new one that you sent me, and, I mean, you could tell that Slash had, Oh, he did that. Had, that he made that. <laughs> like, that was that was totally him. Like The Medusa-looking... Yeah. Oh, yeah. But it's the song's called Absurd. Um, go check it out. <clears throat> Listen to it more than once before you gather your opinions. Um, basically, the story of the song is it's a, a song called Silkworms from the uh, Chinese Democracy Sessions. And it never got produced. It has some, uh, oh, what would you guys say, some electronic influences? Oh, yeah, for sure. For yeah. sure. I, I, I'm, I'm like, like I was telling you guys earlier, I, I heard a little bit of like Motorhead. I, I heard some ministry type yeah, sound to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they said um, that the reason why they never released it in the past, like they've, they've said this inside the past, that uh, it, was, it was way ahead of its time that they had to wait for time to catch up to the song 
and the type of songs that people are listening to for the time. So they they didn't think that it would actually fit that time frame. I, I would say it's probably yeah, it was probably a good idea on their part, but more so that it doesn't it didn't to me feel like it fit GNR, right? Like that's not Guns N' Roses. That's mm-hmm. not the 80s hair band and all of that. So it's like I think if they would have released that at the peak of mm-hmm. their success, like people would have been like, "Oh, yeah, that's yeah, not. Yeah. We like you for who you are, and this is so much different that I'm going to cast that to the side." Well, and maybe so that I think is a big part of it. But like you guys said, that you could definitely identify Slash in there. But for me, like it was, if I didn't know that was Guns and Roses, I would have never. Guessed I would have. I would have. I would agree with you there. If I would have heard it without. Um, knowing already that it was GNR, but when I heard Slash's solo, I would have immediately known that was Slash. Like to me, his You're like oh, he's guesting. Yeah, his playing sense, is yeah. so so. He he has such a style that it's it's instantly recognizable for for guitar players. Same with David Gilmore from Pink Floyd. <clears throat> like you'll hear Roger Waters play um, comfortably numb with a sit-in guitar player, and it's eh, it's okay. But you know, David Gilmore's just got a certain style that it's just you can't beat it you know slash is the same way those are my top two guys slash and david gilmore i mean among others but those are the top two when i go to construct a solo those are the techniques and playbooks i pick from is that a current running or are you talking all time all time all time um you know, Eddie Van Halen is a fantastic guitar player. He changed guitar playing, but I don't use a lot of the techniques that he uh, brought to the table, and um, and that's okay, people. I'm not saying Eddie Van Halen sucks. I mean, you get man, <laughs> music fans get very touchy with not that. Like, passionate about what just they, because uh, I didn't, I don't draw from their playbook doesn't mean I think they suck. Well, okay? it's like this song helped me through this t- bad time in my life. They sure. almost feel like family, right? So when somebody attacks it, it's like your brother, right? I get to make fun of him, but. You don't you dare open right, your mouth right. about them. Well, and it's it's like, especially when it's people that aren't, like, have you even tried to play the guitar? You don't know what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> the reason I don't cop Eddie Van Halen's licks is because I can't cop Eddie Van Halen's licks. They're too good. So, fuck it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I, I used to have a pretty uh, hard grasp on, like, these are the guitars that I think are ex- excellent and, like, nobody's going to be able to... And then I don't even remember what his name was, but the blues guy that you uh, showed, told me about last time I was on, Carvin Jones, the one coming to Oklahoma City. Man, he was definitely somebody that was coming, but I, I don't know that if you said his name, I would remember it. But there's like a Facebook video that you that was, shared. Yeah, that was Carvin Jones. Me, yeah, very good. Man, yeah. that guy is. That's one of the. He's coming this month to the 89th Street Collective. Shout out to Carvin Jones. August 26th, and uh, me and my wife are going to get tickets. If you want to go, you should look it up. That's, oh, that's pretty sure. cheap, I believe. Um, it's at the 89th. So, 89th. Yeah, yeah, 89th's pretty affordable. Very, very good guitar player. Like, holy shit good. And then, like, he, I like, I, he's doing this cool stuff, man, because, like, during the pandemic, he went on and he started basically saying, pools are opening up. You guys want some live music at your gigs? Because it's like, you go to a venue, the venue makes these rules, mask mandates, whatever what, whatever the rules are. It's their house, it's their rules. And that affects ticket sales, it affects concerts, and For changes sure. the, the dynamic of it. Well, he just said, hey, I'll come to your pool party and play a gig. And I'm like, that's that's pretty good marketing right there. Like, if you're a musician, that's that's 
a way to keep the lights on, you know? Yeah, I think we kind of hit hit on that uh, last time I was on as well. And it's, yeah. it's like it doesn't even, even if you're one of those people that are real strict about how you feel about COVID and the reopening and stuff, with, does that really affect it, right? You're already having your pool party. And how much interaction do you really have with the band for the most part? Setting up, making sure they have everything they need and all that. Outside of that, like, they're over there doing their thing. You're over here doing your thing. And ultimately, you'd both be doing the same thing either way, right? He's at home practicing with his band or whatever. You're at your pool party. You're just, like, combining those two, and then you get the benefit of having that live music that you've been missing because of COVID and all of that. So. as long as it's done right, like almost anything else, you can find a way to piece it in and do it the smart way. And yeah, and I think um, it's it's also nice to see a musician who's a uh, internationally recognized. The dude's toured all over, um, playing gigs in theaters. He's he's at a certain level, but it's just cool to see an artist that's really just humble and and they're a musician. They're like, I want to go play music. And they go play music. Yeah, this you isn't know, a bu- They're a not waiting. Me, they're right? not waiting for the stadium gig to come through. They're just going to go play some music. And I, man, I just respect the hell out of that. We'd like to get him on the show. I don't know how his tour is routed and all that. I know he's. It's a Thursday night gig, August 26th at the 89th Street Collective. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna try to get him. You know, even if we have to go and and do it on site somehow i don't know i just have to reach out and see how that all works out well you were talking about wanting to do uh something with your portable yeah i mean it's yeah i mean there's a there's another band that's coming in august uh we besties and they were saying that they wanted us to be at their release party that was at the 89th so what day is that? Uh, so i'm trying to figure out i have to look it up again uh but it's toward the end of the month but um like uh yeah they uh what do you call it they would have to like get with 89th and stuff but their sound guy, uh, I wanted to have him on anyway. Um, there's a there's a guy that works there. He's the one that actually recorded on the USB stick for us mm. at the other show. Um, and I was talking to him at the bar, and and probably have him on because he does all the sound engineering for all the small venues in Oklahoma City. Oh, nice. So, yeah, he's a really cool dude. Cool so. man. But uh, speaking of uh, outside venues, I don't know what your schedule is uh, on the podcast for this one, but. That, that I was talking about with the Barkay or Bark, however you want to yeah, pronounce it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was a really neat thing that uh, I was just up in Kansas City last weekend uh, hanging out with some friends from college, and they took me to this place. It's a dog park, and it's massive, right? The, they got all kinds of different sections sectioned off and whatnot, but it's, it's a full access bar, like full-on bar. Uh, it's a dog park and inside that dog park they have a water they have like a pool and water sprinklers they have an area that has like a obstacle course for the dogs they have another area for like rescue so you can go check that out but they also have a legit stage for a concert venue so when we went there was a a group called sloppy but sloppy but lucky lucky yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. i was gonna say sloppy but good and i'm like i don't think that's the uh that's how I like it, but that's not the name of the band. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, oh, so they do were... we have that? Do we have the badumps? Yeah, actually. <laughs> Hold on. See, we're moving into the 21st century. That's what I'm talking. 21 about. years too late. Hey, I got I got plenty of dad jokes, so you should have that on cue every time I'm on. There, it is. there it is. Now I feel like a real comedian. Uh, 
but the people like the band i sat and chatted with them for a little bit and uh we're about to open a bar k in oklahoma city area around the uh, boathouse district so i'm really excited about that one because i just love dogs and not so much people so i can go to this place pet your dog and not have to deal with you right right <laughs> and get to listen to music so it, it's it's a really neat idea uh but talking to the band and everything, I was talking to them. I was like, man, you guys are pretty cool. They're very, uh, like, a- Irish folk. Uh, I think I kind of said they kind of have a Dropkick Murphys kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they, uh, they're they a complete, they, they call themselves a non-profit band. And they, they kind of boast that they're probably the only one of their kind around. And they, so they'll put out, you know, their uh, donations, tips, whatever. And once they pay for everything to do that gig... They're 100% into, at least at that time, they made it seem like it's every time, but that they uh, donated all the money to a animal rescue. And it was something along the lines of Dogs on Debit or something like that was the name of the, mm. the nonprofit. But I thought it was a really cool thing that these guys, they're out there, like we were talking about, you know, they're playing music and they're doing uh, venues, but they're doing it because they love what they're doing. Not so much, they're not trying to make the money out of it. And for me, you know, that... I, I want to support people in doing the things that they're real passionate about and they love, and that's that's how you keep your mental health straight, you know. And I, I'm I'm fine with a money grab as long as oh, yeah, as I'm long as there's there no deception involved. Like if 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 we decide to to put on a concert and you know to get people to come to the show, I'm not going to say oh, and all the money is going to go to this. I'm like no, we're we're doing this to to turn a profit so we can build the show. Like I'm not going to beat around the bush. Oh, for sure. But there's some people out there that do do that, and that bothers the shit out of me. It's like, especially with a lot of the nonprofits, organizations, a lot of them kind of get slippery and whatnot. But this sounds like a good a good deal with the bark or bar K. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's bar K, but it it looks like bark, and I feel like bark works because it's bar, it's park, it's right. bark for the dog. Like, just call it bark, man. Well, what else? Uh, what were you talking about this uh, hypothesis that, that you oh. found out from looking at this band? Let's go. Let's, let's take a, a little deep dive here, man. Like, uh, you know me a little bit of a little bit of weed on a oh yeah on a boring day, and my mind gets traveling hundred miles an hour and thinking about how the universe works. And well, I, I used to smoke before the shows, but then I'm like, I really lose my train of thought pretty easy when I do that. Because the marijuana nowadays is so strong. It's just like, it's, uh, when they say medical grade, they ain't fucking around. Oh, well, see, I was never really big on weed growing up. Like, I mean, I tried it, you know, gave it, gave it a go, but it wasn't my thing. I stared at a wall or I'm, I'm a social person. I like talking. Uh, hence why you invite me on your podcast. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so it, it wasn't my thing growing up. And then I got older, you know, PTSD is a thing. And I hadn't slept for eight straight hours since 2004. And we're talking mm. probably 2018-ish. Uh, 2018, 2019 timeframe is when I got my med card and started smoking. And so I did it originally just to help sleep. And it worked, and then I started seeing how it was helping in my anxiety and all the other parts of my PTSD. So I started opening up and doing it more often. So it, for me, my, my route down the medical marijuana train was a little different than most people. Most people, like, I did it as a kid. I really liked it, but then I stopped doing it as an adult because, you know, legalities. I don't right. want to get in trouble. Right. And then became legal, and I went back to it. For me, it was the opposite, right? Like, not my thing, not my thing, not my thing. Well, I don't want to be taken 
400 pills that the combination thereof might kill me, which is what the VA seems to want to prescribe. Mind you, their hands are a little tied, too. They don't have the option of medicinal marijuana because it's federal. Uh, yeah, that I was really hoping that would change with all the... I mean, when the majority of the states have it legal or decriminalized in some form or fashion, to me, that should be just an automatic trigger for the federal government to at least decriminalize and reschedule it. At least. Oh, for sure. But... I mean, you can't tell me that cocaine is used in normal dental things yeah, and and then you can't use marijuana but then you can take handfuls of sleeping pills and antidepressants and all of this stuff together it's just i i grew up a, a drinker right like i grew up in the south and then i went to college in wisconsin joined the military oh like all these things <laughs> my my genetic history is german and irish like i am just predisposition to drink well yeah and i would say i was stuck on booze for a long time <clears throat> like long time from well when i was when i was drinking and just having a ton of fun with it to actually being stuck on it like drinking basically every day um for about 10 years only only within the last three years is a really really cut back and i'd say it's because of access to, to medical marijuana for sure right and and that's kind of the way i went right like i I was a heavy, heavy drinker, probably bordering dangerous levels. Oh, like yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, I, was, I didn't drink every day, but when I drank, I drank, right? Like, the VA did the whole thing, you know, like, do you drink, do you smoke? And, like, 99% of other people, I'm like, yeah, absolutely not. I'm a perfect citizen, you know? <laughs> For whatever reason, one day I felt like being honest with them. I was like, well, yeah, I drink. I don't smoke, but I drink. And they're like, uh, like how much would you say you drink? And my question wasn't, like... Or my, I wasn't an immediate answer. My question was, all right, so what am I going out for? Like, is this like, I'm going out on a Tuesday for a dinner and we're going to have a drink or two at dinner? Or is this like, this is Friday night and we're tying it down, you know? And they were, they looked at me and it was like, immediately you could tell on their face, they're like, all right, yeah. you're, you're on the dangerous side just by that answer. <laughs> but finally they were like, all right, let's say uh, you're going out to get drunk. Like, how much do you drink? And I'm like, oh man, you're talking a bottle of whiskey or mm -hmm. like a case of beer like that's 20 pack or a 750 milliliter that's that's an average night right like mm -hmm. i've killed a handle before by myself of crown you know 1.75 yeah. liters and that's not healthy not good for you i, yeah, have I had, a, had a roommate i had a roommate that would polish off a fifth like every single night and uh and then i then i like um i had my friend uh my friend mark we uh we were all stationed in germany together and uh and we we would drink like every day we'd be off work we'd drink you know and and um and it was germany and so like we were always trying out new beers and going to new clubs and it was constant you know and then and then whenever he got stationed in and um was it? i got stationed in idaho he got stationed in i think in like new mexico uh he got really in like depression and stuff and he was drinking for the wrong reasons again he wasn't drinking socially among his friends he was drinking because he didn't have his friends no more. He didn't Escaping. have nobody around. Yeah. And so, like, he would constantly drink and stuff like that. And so he ended up uh, going through a lot of stuff there. And uh, and then he ended up leaving the military and going to, uh, I think, um, Arizona. And he was and, and he would, like, get drunk and, f I guess, like, fight with his, his neighbors or something because he'd always have all these issues with his neighbors and post all these things about issues with his neighbors. And, um, and then... One day he gives me a call and he's like, hey man, like I went to the doctor, I'm, I'm being put into rehab for a while. I'm like, what? You know, because I didn't know he was drinking that much. And I was like, for what? 
And he's like, you know, because he never did drugs. He never did other stuff. And so I was like, okay, what's going on? And he was like, oh, well, he goes, I, I drink too much. And he's like, and I... I, I got to go to rehab because my liver's shot. Destroyed, and yeah. he destroyed his liver, right? So he's on the he was on the transplant list, and then he, um, just I guess one day like he stopped calling. He, he used to call once a week, check in, all that kind of stuff as part of his his therapy. And he'd always call his friends and check in, and all of us didn't hear from him for a little while. And then I don't know where I'm on Facebook of all places to find out this, and I and I see all these posts goodbye and all this stuff. And so like I had a post yesterday that was talking about that that like that day around this time frame like we we had all these posts and all it said was was that he was found in his house in his uh, house and he had a, a bottle next to me he Oof. basically drank the bottle till he died because he because and that's a painful that's way not to a, go not a painful uh, way to go because he had a bad liver and so he's basically just letting his liver kill him and um yeah, you get septic you yeah. blood gets poisonous oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so it, it it was it was bad but like um so i guess like but that's how I found out, though, was Facebook. But that's, 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 that's the kind of stuff so that blows poisonous. my mind, right? Like, our, our government is when he completely... Would knock, he would knock me while I was in Colorado about smoking pot. I said, I said no, dude. I, 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 I was like, I, I smoke weed. That's how I deal with uh, my depression. And he was like... And he goes... He's like, he's like, yeah, whatever, hippie. You know, like... Vice yeah. laws are you know, the it's... worst on the books because they're they're made out of opinion. They're not ever based on fact look at the psychedelic laws as soon as they started studying them in the 60s they made them illegal yep and now they're showing to have all this promise for mental health and and all this stuff that nerve regeneration um they were talking about dmt being able to uh, accelerate nerve regeneration and and uh, that's something i've dove into um uh, I would caution anybody. Um, it's not a party, not a party experience. Uh, it's more like a holy shit. I just had a conversation with God or something. Well, they call it the God molecule for a reason. Uh, right? it, yeah. So uh, caution out there, people. But uh, I would. It, it was an overwhelmingly positive experience, but uh, overwhelming nonetheless. It's, it's very intense. But um, on the marijuana stuff, it definitely helped with with uh it's not even like i tried to quit drinking i just didn't drink any it's very weird yeah that's exactly what i was getting at is i was at a dangerous level i was drinking a lot and uh i got my med card started smoking just for sleep and when i was doing that i was still drinking and then once i started extending it to like throughout the day and you know treatment for my anxiety and stuff as well like i just i just don't desire alcohol at all anymore well, you, you both you both take it um, relative to ptsd correct correct is, is that the like the root cause you figure why you take it and yeah. um okay yeah, out slightly for anxiety but uh, that, that's part but, of yeah. your, the ptsd yeah. for thing, me for it? sure yeah but yeah. i mean outside of that realm that bubble what are some secondary effects you've had positive or negative um from it one thing i'll um, say that's negative is if you're heavy into the indicas you can get very forgetful. Yeah, that does happen. And it, it the forgetfulness space, but... lasts longer than the high. That's the only thing I've ever found uncomfortable about it. But mostly overwhelmingly positive experiences all around. So creativity has been a big thing. Mm-hmm. Um, concentration on that kind of stuff. If you have the right strains, uh, I, I, I like I talked about tenders, and they'll say, "Oh, well, this one 
if you're going to do something like art or go out and do something physical, then this is probably a better one. And so I have particular ones that I'll smoke and then I'll just like start doing art stuff in my apartment and do my little par art stuff. And it's pretty awesome because you, you actually think about things that you never do. You look at random colors and things and you're like, oh, this would be cool together. And, <laughs> and you do things that you would not do if you were if you were trying to play by the rules of art because art has a lot of rules in it that like certain shades of color don't go together and so you're breaking rules whenever you just throw a random color into it but then the piece actually looks better because it has that random color you know and so that that, that happens a lot whenever i'm doing art uh, i like found that half. with guitar playing the only problem is if i'm not recording it it goes back to the forgetfulness thing like oh, yeah. i'll write a, i'll have oh, those are great chords to put together or that was a great little lick now what did i, I remember do? what i played <laughs> right. but i if if i'm gonna uh be hard on it and try and find the the fault in it i would probably say motivation right like because you take it to this thing has you stressed out and frustrated so you so you medicate and you get chill about that but it kind of gives you the fuck it alls right like uh it's not that important that i go out and buy that thing that that deal of groceries today i can wait till tomorrow no so it 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 gets you to where you kind of procrastinate a little bit more than you normally would so that that maybe depend on the strain oh well for sure like anything but like if like I said, if if I'm trying to find a knock on it, it's got to be somewhere around there for yeah. me. Well, I mean, you have know? you ever uh, taken hydroxyzine? No, I don't think so. So they give you that for anxiety, right? But but I used to call it my fuck it all pill because <laughs> like because this pill, I would go out, and the problem was it wasn't a good fuck it all. It right. was it was one of those like you go out to the bar and somebody would say some shit and you'd be like what. No, fuck it. No, man, fuck yeah. it. Let's go. You know, and, and 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 they'd be like, "Oh shit!" You know, why are you mad? And I'm like, "I don't know." But like, but with weed, at least it's like you're you're kind of chill. And in that same situation, you're like, "Man, go fuck yourself." Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you don't and care. And I see that you know? that's probably my favorite thing because I I am very much an empath. I love spreading positivity. A little bit of that, you know, you fucking hippie that you were talking about right, earlier. Right. I'm definitely that guy. Uh, so. With my PTSD, my anger control has gone almost nil, right? So when I get in those situations, I'm my default is the fuck it all. You run your mouth, ah, fuck it, what are you going to do? Like, you beat me up, you beat me up, who cares? I grew up with two older brothers, I've had my ass whooped before. Uh, but I'm not going to sit there and let you run your mouth because uh, respect is more important to me than that, right? So weed allows me to see things more in the perspective of does this really fucking matter right like him talking trash to me at this bar does this really make my friends think i'm that much of a pansy because i let him get away with this no it's not important so you go do your thing i'm gonna go over here and i'm gonna worry about having a good night instead of worrying about defending my honor right right Uh, same same, so i think uh, weed helped me with that a lot is uh, to let go of that masculine uh everybody's going to judge me if I don't whoop your ass for talking to me like that, right? Do you think some of it is is also the fact that you're revisiting the marijuana thing in later in life? Oh, for sure. I am certain that's part of it, right? Yeah. And it also, like you were saying, kind of the forgetfulness lingering afterwards. When I was a kid, I would, when I smoked weed, that kind of, oh, now's not the time to learn a new concept, would linger for a day or two. And I think that's why I stayed away from it as a kid for the most part. 
because one, you know, I like being social and it made me not social, but also like the next day when I go to school, like, I'm like, okay, I really got yeah. to focus to, to grasp well, this I, concept. And I was born with like, uh, or, uh, I was born with, um, ADHD. So, um, you know, ADD in school and stuff like that, it, it actually levels me out a lot of the strains do so then it actually makes my brain function versus so do not. you notice a difference with that in like the indica versus sativa like what do you prefer yeah so sativas i'm i'm, I'm more of a sativa person whenever i'm out and about your um your indica sativa hybrids like um like uh, skywalker is one of oh, them yeah uh, skywalker I, I i only explain it and it's funny because of the name and everything but i make the joke that it makes you feel like a jedi <laughs> and and my friends don't understand it until they smoke it with me and then they're like yeah they oh, don't understand it until yeah. you smoke it you yeah, go into like, a bathroom you, yeah. you got to use one of those automatic towel dispensers yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah no no that's the thing is that yeah that's the, you you feel like a jedi like anything you do you could you could be the master See, at it you know functional but, strains for me for stuff like that for me it would be jack Herrer. Jack Hare is a good that one, That is too, a yeah. great sativa strain for me. Hmm. I yeah. have not had but, that one. But when I get home... The, uh, the guy, Jack Hare, he was a big uh, advocate for pot back in the early days in California and whatnot. No yeah, much. when I get home, then it's like uh, an indica strain. I've been I've been smoking on this one that's like a... Uh, um, what do you call it? It's like a mango, but like the flavors. But it's, uh, it's like a, di- a distillant and stuff. But that stuff, man, three, four puffs... I lay down in my bed and I'm nighttime out time yep. sleep time uh, I've been buying a lot of the Zen um, what do you call it uh, the ones that are CBD and uh, uh, THC CBD and, um, and melatonin mm. they're they're night they're nighttime uh, edibles and you just eat one and then you just Relax. Every every edible is for nighttime for me. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing. That's, yeah, yeah. Some of them are. I, I I remember this one time at the bar, like one of the bars that we went to, and and everything that that ate this one edible, and this one um, dude like came up and he talks all the time. And I don't want to mention his name here. He's my buddy, you know. But but me and my other friend, we were we were on this edible, and we're sitting there, and he's just sitting there talking, and we don't know a word that he's saying, and we're looking at each other like what. The fuck is going on and it's because we were that gone and Man. so edibles i don't i don't play with edibles as much anymore I, unless I, i'm in a safe environment because that those things are yeah they those things are brutal they sneak up on you put you in concrete that's what i that's what i call it is when you're stuck in wet concrete because there's there's a very thin line and i have an extremely high tolerance for most most everything but uh yeah if i usually if i cross over that 200 milligram mark I'm no longer the jovial having a good time. I'm more like stuck and very quiet. <laughs> uh, have y'all heard of the, there's like a, it's a cannabis medicine. It's like a pill, right? Yeah. yeah. They're, it's what they give The ones to... that I'm familiar with are the 1906 drops is what they're called. Oh, but they, yeah. they come in different brands, right? Different. Oh, I thought you were talking about Cannibal or Canada ball or whatever it's called. They give they gave to cancer patients before marijuana was legal. No, that's not. So these are like literally they come in like a small tin and they have pills in it. They're like thirty pills in each tin. And there's different hmm. like name brands. So there's not name brands like I don't know, like genres like Coke, Pepsi. Like in within Pepsi you got right, all these right, different right, types right. of soda. So there's like a bliss, which is supposed to like make you happy right there's the go which is an energy pill uh 
a genius, which is supposed to provoke like mind uses. Like we've all done that, smoked a strain, and then it's like, oh, I feel like I can design my own bong, right? Like that's where most people's minds. It's like, oh man, that apple would make a great bong. Let me <laughs> let me take a drill to it, right? I got this three hundred dollar glass piece next to me, and I want to make my fruit into a pipe, right? I remember, I remember the first time in Colorado whenever I actually like bought um, because it's you know fully on legal there, and and I remember getting home and having all this pot and going, oh shit, man, I am nothing to smoke this with, and I'm looking around the house for paper, I'm looking for all that stuff. I end up taking a can and crushing it and like putting holes uh-huh. in it. Uh-huh. Yeah, my roommate was like, <laughs> I don't know that you. My roommate can... was like, how'd you learn how to do that? And I was like high school what i was gonna say i don't know if you can be a pothead and not have some even if you started at 40 right you have to take a can and crush it up just to experience it. yeah it's it's uh it's almost like a rite of passage the same with the apple though but the apple like at least it has that side effect that you pull it through the apple so you get a little bit of that flavor it's kind of nice but it's it's definitely more of a nostalgia thing than a oh man this works real well i remember uh we had a gravity bong we uh built way back in the day and it was made out of a five gallon bucket which is not a good idea and you pull that sucker and then you press it and it just it just murdered everybody like you couldn't realistically take a hit out of this thing yeah me me and a friend of mine were actually just talking about uh bongs gravity bongs and water oh. bongs of the sort yes, like because yes, i was what i was saying was like the the most like put your dick in the dirt like bong that i ever had was a ghetto ass two liter bottle with a bread bag taped to it right so you cut off the bottom tape the bread bag on the bottom then you push the bread bag in use the cap just like you would any other right you drill your hole through you have your piece whether it's made with tin foil or whether it's a socket wrench you know uh or whatever that you use for your piece but you put that on the top and then when you burn it you pull that bread bag out it fills the container full of all the smoke unscrew it put your mouth on punch that shit in your lungs and then you die for Straight half an to hour the center of the universe die for half an hour and then you feel amazing afterwards right that's what everybody in in that lives in my house or visits my house that because i have pretty weak lungs when it comes to smoking i've never smoked cigarettes growing up like so like my lungs are fairly virgin and i'm fairly new to medicinal marijuana as well so when i take a big hit like you know that I am a pansy, so I cough, I die, and I don't have the lung strength of a lifelong smoker, right? So those, like, were murder. Like oh, I, I And then well, the other one is the water. You do basically the same thing, except you push it down into a pitcher of water or whatever. Was, yeah. yeah. Well, and it's like, that's one thing I would uh, uh, count toward the positive of the medical marijuana coming in is is now the science is on it, and it's like... That dirt weed we used to smoke oh, back in high school just kill you. And now the stuff they get, it's so smooth, sometimes you don't even realize you took a hit. It's just like breathing in air. Well, it's it was like when crazy. you hit my pen on oh, air yeah. the other day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you were like, oh, I don't hear, feel that going in. Oh, and there yeah. is. Yeah, and he isolated that track, too. So I'm sure there's a gay joke coming well, up somewhere. Well, it's a good thing I put it back on air then. So everybody <laughs> knows you said it, right? What was it? Oh, I didn't feel that going in, but I felt it coming out. Yeah, that's yeah, what it was. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that's going to come back and bite me. So that's all good. Well, well, hey, you know, if you're into that, that's that's you. <laughs> uh, 
I guess we can wrap this up, man. Uh, oh, I got to give a shout out. You know out what's to... funny? We got started on this weed thing because you asked me about that theory, and then we never hit it. This is uh, we this can... is about par for the course of mining your conversations. So, That's all right? good. Uh, that's why I was saying like today we we're just kind of bullshit. Yeah, we're just forty nine minutes. Yeah, you know, perfect right time. We'll we'll wrap it up. Give our shout outs, but for sure. um, you know, uh, I think I don't know how things are gonna go with COVID. I don't know if venues. I, I don't think we're due for a shutdown again. I think the, you know, so now. there's a, and this just, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't call it rumor mill because like, because it does come from actual sources. Um, there is talks among the white house and other people because other countries are doing it. China's doing it. They're relocking oh, down. They're the people that, we should model ourselves as, after. Oh, oh, I mean, they're, it, you know, worldwide does it. We follow. That's what we used do to now. be the other way around. So, uh, so, like um, there's talks that inside the White House that they're talking about um, relocking down. I'm a little worried because I have the Louder Than Live tour in September. Yeah, I don't see that happening. And and and, and if that and if it locks down, then that event's done. And then they're gonna probably postpone the ticket another year. I, I think they're get the more likely money, but... to make the vaccine mandated. I don't and, think well, that. I don't think be... they'll do that either. Well, but I think yeah, that's and, more and, likely. And my problem with that is that like. You know, I was advised by my doctor not to take it. So what? You're gonna make me a class, you know, second class citizen because I can't get a shot. They're gonna call you like, an asshole, piece of shit, yeah. racist. Oh yeah, until I do it, until and, you do and it. possibly die. You know, and yeah. and that right there alone is enough to make me tell them go fuck themselves. Yeah, and see now, now the Johnson Johnson. Ironically, I found out after a little bit of research, after listening to like No Agenda, Tim Pool, a couple other ones, uh, that. All the hit pieces that were that were written about the Johnson Johnson shot and the the whole uh, like you know um, people getting um, what do you call it blood clots and stuff were all mostly paid for by Pfizer and other companies. So these were hit pieces created by these other companies to get you to do their shot instead. But 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 my thing is this: like, don't take medical advice from us. Don't take advice about drugs. Don't take advice about using any of this stuff, marijuana, any of that. If you have a medical card cool if you're in a state it's legal cool uh, we we don't do that because we can get sued for that so we don't we're not giving advice not at all uh but but my point is this that that like i'm more likely to take the johnson and johnson just because of the fact that they're giving it to all of the veterans and and and, and that was the number one pick one for the for the va the so that's always why I'm, I'm if i'm gonna end up doing it i'm gonna do that one because it's not an rna it's not it's not different you know it's it's a different type of shot i would say so, though that that one is the one that out of all of them has come back with the least amount of efficiency right so like with this delta variant coming out not I think it's, the new numbers they're still they're saying, at 60 something percent now of, of actual coverage on the vaccine now they're still which saying is, it's which like is over up. over nine out of ten uh people coming in with the delta variant are uh non-vaccinated people altogether but out of the ones that are popping up the most commonly like out of the vaccinated people the most common form that they were vaccinated with and still caught it is the johnson and johnson here's so. my my take on it and, and the numbers are going up my wife works in norman hospital she sees it this i don't think we'll see a shutdown but i w i would say we could probably and will probably see the mask mandates come back for individual business owners the thing with the government mandating things and making, you can't make people do shit. You put it in the hands of the business owners. A business owner can't require you to show the, your health information to get into the venue or the place. They can't do that. But they can say, you have to have a mask on if you want to come in. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, the HIPAA 
HIPAA violations kind of protects you against that. Oh, right? that's more for healthcare. Internally. That's true. Right? If you're not it's a more about of a healthcare. You're, yeah, no, you're that's not. more about records. It's, it's like more of a discrimination issue. Your your yeah, your employer can act, can uh, like unless it requires the job can ask you for your medical information uh, if it requires the in the job. But like but but the thing is that you could in this particular situation you can make it required in the job no matter what job it is. Because but if you you're talking s- to pub like a venue, it then it becomes a discrimination, you know. So I don't know if they're going to go there requiring a card. I can totally see the mask mandates. Well, they're, I mean, they won't hold up in court. They I'm, can I'm do saying it that, until, Well, no, no, I'm saying that it doesn't matter because once they mandate something, they can make it happen until the court cases, they right. can lock up the court cases They'll forever, just plug up the courts. Which is what they're doing. That's, That's what, what they're doing. Democrats they're doing do. it with everything. But They're plugging up courts. So you know, At the end of the day, my take on it is it's nobody's fucking business. I don't care if you got it. I don't care if you didn't get it. But if you step out in public... Don't go crying on TikTok when you're in the hospital with a fucking respirator. That's exactly. the risk you take. That's mm-hmm. the price of admission. It don't matter if there's COVID or not COVID. There's a risk you take to do these things. And if you're vaccinated, hey, great. Good for you. If you're not, and hey, great. But either way, you're taking that risk, and it's all, on you. All I ask out of people is that they do legit research right they don't listen to uncle jeff or us on a podcast it's, right? it's no, the individual's a, decision yeah. to do I, I think or not I, I would love for everybody to go out and do actual research instead of listening to anybody to your, including myself like i would say talk to your doctor and then yeah and then yeah, after that has been done like whatever you decide like it's your life you should be able to do what you want for the most part right as long yep. as you're not stabbing people in the face randomly on the as long as you're not hurting people right right as long as it doesn't have a detriment to other people directly like we all know vaccinated or not if you go out in public you're running the risk of catching something so like minimize that if you're that worried about it and if you're not worried about it like have a little bit of respect for the people that you know that are out there that do and like don't run right up on them and hang out with them like you would normally and breathe in their face, right? It's kind of like... If you're six feet, I don't care what you're doing. It's kind of like the pot argument. People, there's always those ass, those obtuse assholes that have to ruin the fucking thing, you know? It's like there's venues that maybe they give you a spot outside to go smoke pot or cigarettes, whatever. They don't ask questions. It's a spot outside, no security, no nothing. Smoke there. Go smoke out there. We don't care what it is. There's always those assholes that light up in the crowd, like... They're giving you every possible out, and the, like people like that are the reason that you get these negative arguments coming in when it comes to le- the legalities of it. It's fucking, ugh. but the one guy that ruins it for everyone. Well, it's else like the guy. Yeah. It's like the guy in the venue that we tell not to walk on the rafters, right. and then he walks on the rafters, and then we have to pull him to the ground. And if we break his arm in the process, hey, you know, that's his fault. There's, and that's the thing. It's your decision to get it or not. But if you step out it's it's 100 percent in your hands i think that's a big problem just in america today is accountability people don't want they want to have their cake and eat it too they want to go out and do all this shit but then not get don't not take care of themselves not wash their hands even as simple as that and bitch when it goes south on them it's like you you have decisions to make you can't put it all in the government's hands or all in somebody else's hands like you are in control of a lot of this stuff and you can go either way with it it's your decision but you have to be willing to accept the consequences yeah and in general most people just they believe themselves to be right and pretty much everything right until they're wrong and then it's someone else's fault you have you'd always remember that's one thing my dad always said he's like always remember you might be wrong so (laughs) 
All right, let's wrap this up, man. Shout out to Aranda. Aranda put out an, uh, a new one called Compartmentalize. I believe you can get that on Apple and iTunes. They're not on Spotify, I don't think. I don't know, but uh, I definitely know it's on iTunes. Um, great tune, great band, Oklahoma City Natives, man. Check them out. And uh, I think that about wraps it up, man, with that. Wofford, thanks for being in, buddy. Ah, thanks for having me. Uh, sloppy but lucky. I love you guys. Love what you're doing, man. Uh, yeah, we'll reach out shout to them. Out. Where are they from, you know? I, I'm not sure where they're actually from. Like I said, I saw them in Kansas City. I don't know if that was a travel gig or if it was local or not. I don't hmm. know. I'll have to check them out. Awesome, man. Jonathan, take us away, man. All right. The Local Earshot Podcast runs on the value for value system. That is time, talent, and treasure. Uh, we value everybody's time for listening. Um, you know, you can give in many different ways. Uh, there's, uh, you could, you could, uh, you know, spend time making like little. One uh, of the guy, the art guy, you know, he made us a, uh, what was it, a logo and stuff. You know, treated our logo and and everything. We can use those as uh, podcast art um, stuff like that. Um, even even just sending us clips or information or just uh, band information, all that kind of stuff. That's you taking your time to uh, not only listen to the show but uh, kind of help us out uh and then um talent so uh bands and artists uh, if you're into the music industry we want to hear your story have you on the show uh if you are uh in any type of field venues or um anything like that doing anything inside the field of music in oklahoma city we definitely want to hear from you uh, and then a treasure so uh the way that that works is uh is that it's you, you take what you value that you felt that you got from us and then you kind of wrap it up into a number and you give it back to us. Um, and that's just, just how it works. Uh, we, we can take donations at the local earshot.com slash donate. Uh, and on there I'm about to, I think I'm about to just get a PayPal account too, because a lot of people use PayPal yeah. still. Uh, so, uh, we, we do Vitmo cash app and we also uh, do crypto through, um, the Coinbase app. So, uh, so there is ways to uh, to give if you want to donate, um, and uh, yeah. Um, other than that, I mean, might end up having to set up like a PO box or something like that because some people like to just straight give cash. So hey, I mean, um, it's it's like like you said, man. What do you spend on entertainment? You know, yep. um, what do you spend on a cup of coffee? Of entertainment, five bucks, ten bucks. Hey, I mean, we're getting to a point where the show's growing, and then. Um, hey i want we want y'all to be along for the ride there's a lot of ways you can give and um also we are spotlighting some possible ad sponsorships long term but um it's definitely partnerships that we would want to get with and and grow as a as together you know it's uh we would definitely be in it for the long haul and be very specific but we are in the market for it so um i, don't know, I would guys. also say from the outside looking in for the viewers to know like these guys are like the money that they're getting and a lot of the money that they haven't got, right? The <laughs> money coming out of your own pockets uh, mm-hmm. is going towards the show, right? It's yeah, getting put yeah. back in. So the quality is going up. The experience is it, for the viewer is, is going to be going up. So if you enjoy what they're doing now with what they have, like you giving what you're able to give is going to be put towards the return back to you. So just know that. Uh-huh. And that's how, that's what we do. Value awesome. for value. So thank you for listening. All right. We love y'all. We'll see y'all down the road.